welcome to the Build Your Bankroll podcast. Welcome back. We're so glad to have you. Happy New Year. What an awesome start to the year for everyone. We're going to start it off to look back at some college football playoff action from last weekend. Here with prolific Puck and myself, the understudy, just checking in. We want to rehash Michigan versus TCU first. Yeah, this was uh, kind of a crazy game. You know, TCU jumped out right out of the gate, up 21-6. Really, really kind of shocked Michigan and and put them on their heels right from the jump in this game. Um, And then the explosive third quarter, we had 44 points that were scored in the third quarter. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, The the first half pace at 27 points was, you know, pretty much right on pace with with what that total um, was at. But then... The third quarter, they just blew it out of the water. Um, Both teams were scoring left and right. Um, We had some pick sixes. We had turnovers. We had deep plays. We had big runs. We had everything in that third quarter. Um, And then Michigan got within three um, to start the fourth. Um, But TCU, they they scored 10 straight after that and and pretty much sealed the deal and kind of shocked me. Um, You know, you guys heard me last week. I was... I was on Michigan. I thought they were going to win the game. I thought they were going to win the game going away. Um, I didn't think TCU was going to be able to score uh, 30 points, let alone Nice try, prolific. Later, prolific. (laughs) Meanwhile, understudy was on plus seven and a half TCU. And I said it last week, but, you know, the thing that I loved was Quentin Johnston. Again, the six-foot-four stud. I, I said that nobody could guard that guy. I was right. Um, he absolutely demolished the game, and I think he's going to do it again upcoming. But, uh, yeah, I, I loved everything I saw out of TCU, and uh, Duggan was just a firepower as well. But, uh, yeah, Michigan Michigan couldn't contain. I thought it was, it was a fun game to watch. I'll say for myself, too, what blew me away was I talked about the offensive and defensive lines for Michigan, and – TCU put 263 yards on them. DeMarcado had 150 of them. So it, it really surprised me with how much they ran the ball on them. Coming in, I thought they were going to be a, a pretty formidable passing team. And, you know, looking forward at the game, we may have to, to cap some stuff there for the title game. But just running on them, it, it absolutely shocked me. No doubt. It was a shocking occurrence, I think, for pretty much all of us. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State. Uh, look, I, I'll be the first to say, I thought Georgia's defense was ready for an Ohio state offense. CJ Stroud is an elite passer. He was fantastic. Almost flawless. Really. If you think about it, uh, Georgia got crushed. I mean, absolutely crushed as far as just points allowed, uh, obviously coming victorious, but Stetson Bennett, the 12th, I'll tell you what, that guy has a way to win. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, there's a point in the season where somehow um, they got Stetson Bennett's personal number. And uh, the first time he got in the end zone, I can't remember what game it was, but literally made the, the, the mark of, oh, call me and like put the, you know, the, the headphone by his head. It was awesome. Um, but he shows that he is a true high caliber quarterback that knows how to play in high pressure situations. And Man, he was impressive. That was probably, you know, one of the best performances I've seen out of him. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was actually all over this game. Um, I knew there was going to be a lot of points, um, you know, understudy. I don't think you thought the Ohio State offense could put up the points uh, that they Not did. But And I said, I said the key to this game was going to be C.J. Stroud using his legs, um, and he absolutely did that. Uh, he ran the ball 12 times. I, I didn't go back and look at every game, but I can almost guarantee you he never ran the ball 12 times this season. Um, he got some key first downs. Um, and that really gave Ohio State a shot that they wanted. Um, you know, they just couldn't execute the kick at the end, but uh, fantastic game, tons of points. Um, that game kind of played out the way I thought that it would. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I, I was totally misread. I, I thought that the Georgia cornerbacks were going to show up, and to be honest, they got diced in every facet, right? I mean, um, Ohio State wide receivers, they are no joke. They're the real deal. They showed that. Uh, last weekend so and I was going to say too I think the committee got it right I think those were the four best teams I don't see uh, any of those other teams especially UCLA or uh, not UCLA USC uh, getting beaten their bowl game by Tulane I mean that was a shock to me as well but ultimately I think the committee got all four of them right again I was on this with prolific as well I was on, on the over 533 yards given up by Georgia uh, 135 rushing itself. Yeah. Insane. 135 rushing, 398 passing. Stroud went to work on the Georgia defense. And those rushing yards that Ohio State racked off, no Mayan Williams, no EJ Henderson. Uh, I mean, it was it was not their big dogs. You know, it, it was uh, Dalen somebody and, and Xavier Johnson. So, I mean, it was it was two guys who you know, you're not used to seeing in the backfield for the Buckeyes running, you know, ripping off those runs. No doubt. So I guess we have no choice but to lead into the national championship game, the big daddy of them all. We now have TCU facing Georgia. Any opening thoughts, fellas? So for me, I, I'll, I'll jump in and, and break down, you know, TCU and Georgia first. We've got you know, Georgia is favored by 12 and a half here um, with a total of 62 and a half. 12 and a half is a lot of points in a national championship game. I, I'm, I'm not sure there's ever been a spread this large um, in this type of a game. Um, but looking at two touchdowns almost um, with a total at 62 and a half, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at the number. Um, you know, and I, I think the most shocking performance in the semifinals was the TCU offense. I didn't think they could hang with the Michigan defense. And I think what that tells me is they can hang with the Georgia defense, um, you know, and, and uh, TCU's defense, they, they played about the way that I thought they would. Uh, they gave up 45 points, well over 500 yards. I'm expecting Georgia to do the same. Um, you know, Georgia's easily going to score 40, 50 points in this game. Um, I don't think that's going to be a problem. So you guys can, can kind of already tell the way I'm leaning, but, um, those are kind of my thoughts. You know, Georgia really didn't have a, a problem either. Um, moving the ball on Ohio State, throwing for 400 yards. Um, they didn't run the ball that great, but they really didn't need to. Um, Stetson Bennett was just amazing. 400 yards in the air, three touchdowns. Um, so, you know, I, I see a lot of points in this game. Um, I'll, I'll get into more here in a little bit, but what do you, what do you guys think? I'm going to stick on the same bet as you. So, so, sorry, go ahead, Puck. 
That's all right. I was just going to say I'm on the same thing. I'm on the over 62 and a half for basically all the same reasons. Um, the one other thing that I was going to say is TCU, they're from obviously the Big 12. They're known for giving up points. There's not a lot of defense in that conference as it is. I think Georgia is going to do the same thing. I mean, they they put up 40-some points on Ohio State. I think they're going to do the same thing to TCU. And then I think TCU, they can attack those defensive backs yet again. So I'm on the same thing. One unit, 62 and a half. Let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, you know, one thing to think about in, in the games from last week, you know, Georgia got down, right? And then you also had Michigan that got down. And I think that changed the context of the game. No doubt. I mean, we didn't expect to shoot out through the roof. That was that was crazy. But I don't know that that this game is going to be just firepower type that we saw in the opening contest. One thing that I think is important to note, though, is Duggan is exceptional when he throws passes of 20 yards or more, one of the best in the country at that. And this is an area where really Georgia has struggled. Historically, they've been great in the secondary, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be an exposed spot for um, the Georgia defense. So I, that, that does worry me a little bit about on the point side, but um, I don't have a play on the total at all. Yeah, I think the one thing that we handicapped in the, in the Ohio State-Georgia game was C.J. Stroud using his legs. Um, Max Duggan is absolutely going to use his legs and he's absolutely going to make Georgia cover the entire field. So, um, you know, I, I definitely see that as a, as an advantage to TCU and TCU, quite frankly, um, they've got a better running back, um, than either of the two running backs that Ohio state had out there. So, um, you know, he, he's going to be, he's going to be solid. Um, Amari DiMarcato, um, he had well over a hundred yards against Michigan. I don't know that he'll go over a hundred against Georgia. Um, I do see Duggan really having to win this game through the air. Um, he he and had a good number, game. Number two back, right? The, 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 the primary back I think is out. He, he is, he is. Um, but DeMarcado, but he's awesome. I mean, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He looked fantastic against Michigan. And he broke a big one on him too, 69 yarder against Michigan. So he's got the ability to take it to the house from anywhere. Yeah, that that is a, actually a good point, Puck, because if you think about the rushing yards that he had, I think he had 130, 140 yards rushing. And if yeah. if one of them was on one big run, that means, you know, the rest of his yards um, or the rest of his rushes didn't amount to much. But um, he, he did look good. Um I, I think TCU is going to be able to run the ball a little. And I think that's all they need to be able to do is just run it just, just a bit, just to get Georgia to respect it and, and open up those passing lanes. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think back to the Georgia corners, Ringo is one of those guys that is the, one of the most penalized corners, uh, you know, in, in college football. And uh, he's somebody that they can work across as Ohio state did. Um, more importantly, I know I said it earlier, but I just want to reiterate, I don't think there's a matchup for Quentin Johnston. He, he absolutely did damage against um, um, Michigan, and I, I see him doing the same against Georgia. So um, once again, my play would definitely be on the current uh, TCU plus 12.5. I think it's, it's a lot of points um, for Georgia to cover it at 12 and a half. So I'm on the TCU side of this as well. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, with uh, the national championship game? Yeah, just just to give you 
my plays um, in, in this game. I'm, I'm looking at it, you know, a couple of different ways. Um, you know, first, I'm going to take the over. So just straight up one unit over 62 and a half. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be enough points for this. I did, I did go back and look at some previous championship games. Um, and of the eight championship games that we've had, um, two of the eight didn't get to 60 points. So six of the eight games went over 60. Uh, this game's at 62 and a half. Um, I, I think, I think we're going to get over that. It's kind of been the trend in these championship games. You, you have to have a top tier offense to get to this game. Both of these teams obviously have that. So I'm going to take the over. And then the second thing, I, I, I think 12 and a half is too much for TCU, but rather than doing that, um, I'm going to tease TCU up to 18 and a half, and then I'm going to play the over at 56 and a half. So take that six point teaser, um, give yourself a little bit more cushion with TCU up to 18 and a half points that gets you through two key numbers of 14 and 17, um, get you to 18 and a half and then over 56 and a half. I obviously think they're going to go well, well over that. That's a smart play. I like that. Listen, guys, I'm here to bring us the first piece of disappointment and the first false hope. Daddy's home was going to be our featured guest today. Daddy is not home. And, you know, look, we get it. Things happen. We're a little disappointed. Thanks, Daddy. Thanks for letting down the team here at BYBR. But uh, he is out in San Diego, very excited to be on next week, and we'll bring him back into the scene. But until that time, it is only appropriate for prolific. Drop some knowledge on him. Thanks, understudy. So this week, we're going to be talking to you about juice. You guys spoke on Twitter, and, and this was by far the, uh, the topic that you guys wanted to, to hear about. Uh, so juice is another name for the VIG. Uh, which is the cut or amount charged by a sports book for taking a bet. Uh, the sports book only collects the juice if the better loses the wager. For example, a point spread is often listed, listed with minus 110 odds. And what that means is you've got to bet $110 to win 100. And as you'll start to log into these various different sports books, you're going to see odds all over the place. Uh, we've got parlays, we've got money lines, we've got all different types of bets. So um, we're here, we're going to introduce a couple of those different types of bets to you. So uh, understudy, take it away. Yeah, I want to talk about the parlay for a second. And here's the deal. Parlays are fun. Don't get me wrong, but don't think that you're making a, a life savings out of this because it is a huge risk. Uh, simply parlay has to be more than one outcome. Think of it that way. So at least two different things have to be happening, whether we're talking over under, or we're talking uh, money line, whatever it may be. But let me throw out an example. I thought this was kind of interesting. You want to talk about odds. How about this one? 31,847 to one odds. This truly happened. A sports better in New York turned a $6.90 16-team parlay into $219,746 at Caesar Sportsbook. The New York State better picked the money line on nine baseball games and a run line and had four NHL playoff plays and an additional two NBA playoff games. Are you freaking kidding me? Man, would that be nice to rip some money like that? Um, just understand parlays are high risk 
high reward. Um, but in most cases, they don't end favorably. Uh, but we'll get more into the parlay as time goes on. But uh, it is a fun bet. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and I'll say, too, I bet a lot of hockey, uh, as you know. And um, the money line, a lot of people say it's juiced up, right? It'll be anywhere from minus 170, minus 250, somewhere in that ballpark. But, you know, sometimes just the better team is going to win. And, and, for example, as we're recording this tonight, uh, I bet on the Washington Capitals to win outright on the money line against the Columbus Blue Jackets at minus 220. The juice in that instance was worth the squeeze, as they say. So the other one, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing, but second period overs, oftentimes, you know, if you kind of get a little feel for how the game's going, uh, the odds will be over under one and a half goals. And uh, certainly if there are a lot of shots in the game, that kind of a thing, uh, again, it could be juiced up minus 150 to 220. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll sometimes jump on it. I'll let these guys know prolific and understudy. Hey, I think this would be a good time to take it. So again, I'll repeat it. The juice sometimes is worth the squeeze. With that said, understudy, you want to take us home. Episode two in the books from prolific puck and myself, the understudy. Thanks so much for checking in. We really appreciate it. This is the stuff we love to do. Coming from three locations throughout the United States, it's just fun to put stuff together. And as I mentioned last week, we are Twitter virgins, but I'm learning on a personal level, I'm also Twitter illiterate. Man, that was something. We had a rough week there. I wish everyone could see our group chat there because we were just ripping the understudy on his tweets and what accounts they were coming from. It was just a complete nightmare. So Thanks for sticking with us. Appreciate all the following and all that stuff that you're doing, but we'll get there. We'll be better. And if, if you saw tweets being deleted from our BYBR podcast account, you knew who was deleting them. Okay. Okay. That's enough, <laughs> fellas. Understood. I've got work to do in the Twitter world. Hey, listen, I'll welcome some new followers. Just let me know. You know, we'll get there. We'll get there. I want to give you my New Year's resolution to – to ease things out here, um, I am currently, and I, no shame, I'm sitting at 241.5 pounds. I'm much bigger than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm beluga whale status right now. Not going not gonna to sugarcoat it. I want to get down to gazelle status. Smooth, nice and slender and, and healthy. I'm going to get there. I'm going to stay positive. I know I can do it. So whatever your New Year's resolutions are, get out there. Get it done. And get after it. Once again, we thank you so much for tuning in to episode two. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on wherever you get your podcast at BYBR podcast at prolific underscore BYBR at puck underscore BYBR at understudy underscore BYBR. Thanks again. Have a great week. We look forward to seeing you next week.